You're going to have to give me a moment. I don't know how I'm going to preach tonight. Can you come turn this off again, please? All day I found myself not being able to focus. And um, I left early from school, and I, I got home, and I spent time with Mom, and we, we ate lunch together, and I come to the church, and it was about 2.30, and I just I began seeking God. I just began seeking God. Last night we had an opportunity to go hear Sister Ann Braswell preach at a revival down at Garden of Prayer. Can you turn me down just a little bit? Um, and she spoke on having ties with people. She spoke on having being tied to your past and the things you've gone through. And the Bible says we are made overcomers by the words of our testimony. So you're going to have to give me a moment. She said something that really hit home to me. I've been saved truly and following God for about five years now. And it has been hard, but it has been the most enjoyable five years of my life. And last night she said, you know what? Too many times we ask for forgiveness. We ask to get rid of it the past of what we've done, what we've been through with just our mouth. We don't ever mean it in our heart. And I found myself in a place of being broken. I found myself in a place I didn't understand why I was going through what I was going through this past couple weeks. I didn't understand until last night. It was ordained for me to go it was ordered for me to be there. And I found my place not just at the feet of Jesus. I found my place sitting on his lap. I didn't just taste the goodness and his love. I was overwhelmed. And this afternoon, I was praying and I was seeking God. And I looked out in the pews. I looked at every seat and I said, God, I want what I want them to have what I felt last night. And this afternoon, my mama said she she got to wash the feet of Jesus. And I, I got jealous, I'm not going to lie. I did. I said, God, I want it. I want more. I'm not satisfied any longer. I'm tired of being complacent. And it wasn't until we were on the way home about a week ago or two weeks ago, and my brother looked at me and said, Hannah, is there something wrong with me? He said, I don't feel God the way everybody else does. I don't receive him the way that everybody else does. I said, just hang on, because it's coming, I promise. And then all of a sudden, he said, I was driving now. I was in the, 
driving down the road. He said, Hannah, look, 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 there's an angel in the sky. I said, that's confirmation, Nathan, that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. I come to you not as Hannah, as the pastor's daughter, as my dad's child, uh, that I've been sitting under the anointing of my parents and of my grandma and of many of everybody else, but I come to you a fresh and a new woman of God under the fire and the direction of God tonight. It was, it was back in revival. Pastor came to me and said, Hannah, I need you to get ready because if this thing goes longer, you're speaking. About a couple days in advance. I said, okay. I began to seek God. And he gave me three words. Three words that I quite didn't understand at the moment. But he had a plan. And he brought back these three words for us tonight. That I believe with all my heart that it is ordained for you to hear this. That it is not only you, but it was for me. So this is about my fifth time hearing it. Okay? He spoke three words to me. He said, distractions, discourage, and delay. Distractions, discourage, and delay. And I want you to turn to Numbers chapter 13. <clears throat> Starting in verse 27. And it says, then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Enak there, the Amalekites, Dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we are. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in theirs. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. And the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in the wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us up to this land to fall by the sword? 
that our wives and children should become victims, would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Bow your heads tonight. Father God, we thank you. God, I praise you for your word. I praise you for your people. I praise you to enter into the very presence of God. Lord God, I pray for this word tonight, God, that it goes forth and it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Lord, you said your word will not return to us void. You said that we can have what that book says we can have. Lord God, I pray that you just till the ground of our hearts to receive the seed that I believe you're going to water. And God, I pray that you just, we hunger and thirst after you. God, that our lives will be changed when we walk out of this place tonight. And I don't accept anything less. Now get rid of me, Lord God, and take over. For I am just a mouthpiece. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. So we find ourselves with the children of Israel are just about to enter into Canaan, just about to enter into the promised land, enter in into the land that's flowing with milk and honey that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were fixing to go in to see it. They were right at that point of entering in. And as we read, they got scared and said, well, let's go send some spies. And his 12 spies went in. 12 spies came out. And uh, ten gave a bad report, but two said, hang on, hold on, because it is there. I saw it. I was in it. I got to dwell there. It's there. Let's go get it. We are well able. We are well able. We are well able, church. Well able. But before this point, before they get to where they're fixing to enter into uh, the promised land that was promised to them, um, they were found in Egypt. They were under bondage. Pharaoh had a tight grip on them, if you will. And we find out that Moses was sent by God to get them out of Egypt, to take them out of Egypt into the promised land, that he was the man of God sent to lead them into the promise. I'm going to say that one more time. He was the man of God sent to lead them into the promise. And for about two weeks now, and I'm not saying this because this is my dad and this is, uh, I'm his, no, I'm saying this under, as a woman of God. This man has been sent here to lead you into the promise. It's not by happenstance that he just showed back up, okay? I promise you, I've been behind the scenes. I've seen the nights of prayer and fasting and asking God, is this really what you want? And he said, yes, because I have sent you, because I have chosen you, and you are the man that's going to lead them into the promise. And we find out Moses says, hang on, why me? And that's like many of us. God says, go, why me? Why do I have to get off my pew? Why do I have to go and walk over there? 
Why do I have to go speak? Why, do, why are you choosing me? What's special about me? What's the point? I'm not eloquent. I don't preach like my dad. I never will. I feel it inside, but it never comes out. If I could run the pews and maybe God will allow me to, I would. But I'm not him. I'm not a Sister Ann Brazel. I'm not a Beth Moore. I am me. And God said, I'm choosing you. I'm choosing you. So Moses began to think of every excuse in the book and says, well, what if they don't receive me? What if they don't receive me? What if I mess up? What if I don't say something right? What am I going to do then, Lee? Well, well, I'm just going to be there by myself. He says, hang on. You tell them the I am is going with you. Not only going with you, but I've already gone before you. I've already prepared the place. I've already prepared the steps. I've already prepared the path. He says, go. Just go. Last time I preached, it was Mother's Day, and I preached on, it's time to turn the page. It's time to move past that chapter and move on. And tonight, I'm telling you to get up out of your comfort zone, get up out of your personal bubble that we have man-made, created, and designed just for me, and go. Because God can't move unless you go. But we find out that Moses went and, and, and um, Pharaoh said no. He hit, a, he hit a wall. He went back, hit a wall. We hit went back, hit a wall, but the children of Israel the whole time saw the miracles of God, saw the power of God, saw exactly what he could do by sending the frogs and the lice and turning the the water into blood and killing the firstborn. And and I want to stop there and just tell you, even if you do go, when you make that decision to go, uh, this afternoon I saw it plain as day. He said, don't worry about what you're going to say. Don't worry about what you're going to do. Because of the blood of Jesus is upon the doorpost, nothing can harm you. Nothing. He said, I am with you. The I am. So they kept going, and all of a sudden, uh, God got fed up with Pharaoh. And so he took children of Israel out of Egypt, and they came to a sea called the Red Sea. And and we know the story, and they go on, and um, God made a way when there was no way. He made a way. They even walked over on dry land. They saw what God could do. But on the other side of this Red Sea, as I began to read and I began to study um, exactly what God wanted me to bring out is that God had to take them through some wildernesses. And I kept reading and I kept finding out that they left one wilderness to go to the next. And that's where I want to start tonight. 
Sometimes we got to go through the wilderness to get to the promise. Sometimes we got to pray and fast when we don't want to pray and fast. They began to walk through this wilderness, and the first thing that the children of Israel did was complain. Moses, why did you bring me here? Why did you take us out of Egypt? We're here. We're starving. You're going to let us die by starving? And Moses says, come on. Get with it. The same God that brought you out of Egypt is the same God that's going to take you through the wilderness. He said, hang on. My Bible tells me he sent manna from heaven. That they had plenty and then some. But something happened as the man of God that was leading them into their promise, that was designated to be over them. And um, he said, now this is what the Lord said, for you to go out six days a week and, and gather it up and bring it in. But on the sixth day, you get enough for the seventh, because the seventh day is the Sabbath day, and it is holy, and it is to be kept holy, no work, no nothing. So some of the children of Israel took it upon themselves to go out on this seventh day to see if there really was going to be nothing there. And my Bible tells me that the worms and it stunk had already taken place. But the thing I want to point out is that it's time to stop going out on our own self and listen to the authority that has been placed over us. Listen to what God is telling you to do because there is a plan and a purpose and it is designed for a reason. The earth doesn't just stop because it feels like it. Your heart doesn't just stop because it feels like it, because it's tired, because it doesn't want to do anything. No, it keeps going anyway. So when we feel like we can't go no longer, that we're starving, hang on. Because God has the answer, not ourselves. We got to get ourselves out the way in order to receive what God has for us. We got to get ourselves out the way in order to receive what God has for us. So they kept going a little bit farther in these wildernesses. And all of a sudden, they, were, they, they didn't have no water to drink. And my Bible told me that it came out of the rocks. And they went a little bit further, And they got to the place about to receive the promised land. But the whole entire time, they were doing nothing but complaining. And the pastor preached on, we always find somebody who wants to complain with us. Because when... The reason they undermined the authority of Moses is because Moses wasn't having it. Because Moses said, no, that's not what God said. No, that's not what God said. No, that's not what God said. But they kept undermining his authority and going around him because they wanted somebody to complain with them. And I believe we are finding ourselves at that point in the church, not just this church, but the body of Christ, that we find ourselves finding like people to complain instead of receiving and encouraging and uplifting. Yeah. 
that we're sitting here far too long complaining about the air, complaining about the color of the carpet, complaining about what somebody's wearing, complaining about the music that I didn't get up there to sing, that nobody asked me to get up. Well, guess what? Nobody asked me either, but God called me, and because I obeyed, he opens the doors. So we find ourselves at the point, I believe we're right there at that line to cross into the promised land. Amen. And we're getting scared. We begin to lose hope. We begin to not see what the promise is anymore. We're not focusing on what God said. We're focusing on the circumstances around us. And let me show you why. In Numbers, he said that they t sent 12 spies. 12 came back. 10 said, it's not possible. It's not possible. It can't be done. There's too many giants. There's too many forces working against us. We're not strong enough. We're not good enough. I'll never be good enough. I'll never see the promise of God. Come on. You know I'm preaching better than you shouting. That's how we are acting. That's how we're acting. But two, Caleb and Joshua said, hang on. Hang on. We are well able. We are well able. And they find themselves going against the complaining, going against all odds. And he says, I don't care if there's giants in the land. I don't care if I have to work a little bit. I don't care if I have to walk a little bit longer, trust God a little bit more. He said it's well able, that it is there, that the promise is ready to be taken. You know, we've been talking about receiving, 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 receiving. But I believe sometimes it's time to get up and take possession. It's time to get up and take possession. It's just like if I wanted to hug Alicia right here, she's not going to get up and come to me. I got to get up and go to her. That's right. She can't read my mind. Right. Same thing. We can't sit here and say, promise, come to me. Come to me. Come here. Come on. Come on. No. We've got to get hungry. We've got to get desperate. Desperate. I read a story that I want to share with you. There was this uh, young guy who... Uh, who thought he knew it all. He, he thought he was it. And he went to this monastery and asked this monk, he said, look, I want to know every bit of your secrets of how to pray. I want to know them. The monk said, come back tomorrow. So we come back and he said, come on, you got to tell me. You've got to tell me all the secret. What's the secret? What is it? He said, come back in a week. So we come back in a week and the monk didn't say nothing to him. He said, follow me. So they took him out to this river, and they got about waist deep. And all of a sudden, this monk took the back of this young man's neck and stuck him underwater. 
and held him there. It wouldn't let him come up for a few minutes. And when the, the young guy come up, he was gasping for air and breath, and he was like, what are you doing? By this point, he's mad. And the monk just looks at him and says, when you get desperate as your next breath of air, then you haven't prayed. Church, it's time to get desperate. It's time to get out of our comfort zones. It's time to get out of the boat. It's time. It's time. It's not time to sit back any longer. It's not time to warm a seat for somebody any longer. It's time to get up. And it's time to go possess what is rightfully ours. Because it is there. It is there. And it is ready. And it is ripe. And it is now season. Not next week. Not tomorrow. Now. Now. We've got to get desperate to want it now. The one thing that I have found that I am very, very proud of is my mother. And I'm a crier. I'm sorry. But I have found my mom to tarry. She has taught me how to tarry until what that truly means. Now, don't get me wrong. I love my dad. He's taught me many things. But my mom has taught me what it means to tarry, what it means to get on your knees and pray all night long, what it means to stand in the gap for somebody. My mom. And I thank God for my mom. I also thank God for my grandma who has prayed me through many a times. And I'm also thankful for my dad for waking me up in the middle of the night hearing him pray. Hearing him pray. Why? Because he's desperate. Not just for us, but for you. For you. Because he's desperate to see what God has for you. But we've got to get out of our complaining stage that our, it's never going to get better. I can't do this any longer. And rise up and be the men and women of God that he has called us to be. To not back down when you see some giants. See, that's the first thing. They got dis, uh, uh, distracted by the giants. They said, we've seen the great stature. We're grasshoppers in their sight. They got distracted by what they saw. They got distracted by what they saw. Secondly, they got discouraged because the, chill, uh, the spies come back and not only told the leadership, but undermined the leadership and went and told the children of Israel who would agree with them that it wasn't possible. And it got them discouraged too. They didn't care that it was there, Chris. They didn't care that the promise is plenty, that it is beautiful, and it is is there for you to take and have. They were more worried about, well, how are we going to do it? We can't go up. We can't fight. 
My Bible tells me greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. My Bible tells me that I can have what it says I can have. And I can do what it says I can do. We've got to tap into him. It's about the relationship. If we never go to him, he's not going to be there. If we never acknowledge him, how are we going to feel him? If we never thank him, then what's the point of him doing it again? It's not for him. It's for us. It's time to obey. It's time to obey. To get up. And obey. To get up and obey. No more being distracted. I'm going to be honest with you. When my dad could come up with this vision of 4,000 member church and and all these cameras and working and and staff there and the pews are filled. I was like, that's crazy. That's pretty out there. That's pretty big. But that's what he's believing. And if the man of God is believing it, then why can't we get behind him and believe it too? He said where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. He said, ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be opened. Seek and you will find. I'm sorry, I got that backwards. It's ask, seek, and then knock. As I told uh, our Sunday school, it's a three thing. You can't do one without the other. You can't start it and never finish it. You can't go backwards. See, we want to knock and it be open so we can see it, and then we'll seek it, and then we'll ask for it. But God said, ask, seek, and knock. It's not impossible, church. Whatever is inside of you, what God is, you feel God is calling you to do is not impossible. It is well able to possess. But we've got to rise up above the complaining, above the situation, above the circumstances, and look at what God is showing us. Seek him. Ask him. He's the one who created us. He's the one who wrote it. He's the one who put a period behind it, stamped it, sealed it, and it's done and it's over with. So ask him. And the third thing is they got delayed because of their disobedience. God got fed up. God got fed up. He said, because you continually disobey me, not just once, not just twice, but continually disobey me, you will never see the promised land. 
never see it except for Caleb and Joshua and their children. Why? Why just Caleb and Joshua? Because despite what the circumstances look like, despite the opposition that's coming up against them, despite what Satan says I can't have, they said we are well able because we serve a God that's alive and well. The same God that raised Lazarus out of the grave after four days of decomposing body. Come on. To restore him completely. To get up and walk. It's time to raise up our dead situations. To the same God that came walking out on the, the fourth watch of the night to Peter. And Peter said, God, if that's you, bid me to come. He didn't question it. He didn't say, I'm scared. He said, God, if you're calling me, call me and I'm coming. I'm answering. Despite what the waves look like. Despite what the storm's going to tell me. And I, my Bible tells me he did the impossible. That he walked on water. But it wasn't until he looked at the storm. That he got distracted by the size of the waves. That he began to sink. But hold on. My Bible also tells me that God reached down his hand and picked him up out of it. He said, Peter, do you love me? Then feed my sheep. Monday in the discipleship class... Um, what really stuck to me is God gave a command and a promise. A command and a promise. Follow me. Simply follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He didn't tell them how we were going to get there. He didn't tell them that one day I'm going to die on the cross and I'm going to leave you, and, but I'll send a comforter. No, not in that very moment. They had a decision to make to either follow after this man or not. You have a choice to make to rise above what everybody is telling you to do. The world says sit down. It's no good. It's not real. It'll never happen. It's not possible. But I serve a God that's alive and well that says we are well able to possess what he has given to us. Well able. Do you understand what that means? He said we're able to possess it. That means if I'm able to possess it and they're in great stature above me, that God better show up when I walk out. It makes me think about David and Goliath. David had all the reasons in the world to sit down. He did, but because he had a purpose. Come on, church. Because he had a purpose. He said, it's greater than the sacrifice. I 
have a choice to make. I can back down, sit down, and listen to everybody else, or I can listen to the God that created me, the God that filled me, the God that saved me, the God said, here you go, it is yours. We have a choice. We have a choice. The land is flowing with milk and honey. I believe we're at that point of entering into that promised land. That we're at that breaking point. But until, hear me carefully, but until we learn to obey him at all costs, not some of the time, not when it feels convenient for me, but all the time, at all costs, no matter how crazy people think I am, no matter how weird I sound or I look, at all costs, you've got to obey him. And then you can possess that promise. You see, he saved us. He gave us salvation. But he says, now, you've got to continue walking. You can't stop at the cross because there is life more abundantly beyond that point, too. But I want to show you something. Caleb and Joshua got to possess that promise. But because the children of Israel began to complain and continue to complain and continually disobey God, they brought Moses down with him. Because they chose to team up with people that would complain, people that would self-pity, tell them what they want to hear, they brought him down with him. I really want you to look at yourself tonight. Ask yourself, am I bringing down the man or woman of God that has been placed over me? Or am I teaming up to encourage them to lift his hands when he can't? To lift her hands when they can't? To stand in the gap when they can't even pray? Ask yourself tonight, are we truly doing what God called us to do? Are we obeying him at all cost? Or are we getting distracted by the impossible? Are we getting discouraged by what we don't see? That's why God said walk by faith, not by sight. Because it's never going to look like what we want it to look like. They're never going to say what we want them to say but they're going to tell us what we need and they're going to walk with us and then we're going to grow with them and then we're going to reach that promised land and I don't know about you but I'm going to possess it with or without you. I'm going to possess it. We can get on this train or we can get off but I'm going through. We fought long enough. We've been tired. We've been restless, but we're at that point of possession, possession, possession. It's not time to sit back any longer. 
It's not time to disobey God. It's time to rise up. Rise up and go. Rise up and go. That you, you are well able. You are well able. The hardest thing that I had to face, I reckon, was that I didn't want to go by myself. I think I was telling Alicia before church, I remember the first day I preached, and it was not good. In my eyes, it wasn't. Because I was scared. I was hit with discouragement right and left. Who am I to go? Who am I to speak to these people who are way further in their Christian walk than I am? Who am I? But all I know, Chris, is I had a word. I had a word from God. And I went. And to this day, I'm thankful that I went. Because God has opened more doors for me than I could ever imagine possible. And still is. Because I obeyed. Because I obeyed. It's not a day of rebellion any longer. He's fed up. God is fed up. No more games. No more playing around. The day of the Lord is coming quickly. It's time to get ready, church. It's time to get ready. For you, you, you are well able. You have the power. You have the authority. You possess that. Now it's time to rise up and tap into that. And to give it out. The seed that is sown in us, we can't hoard it up. We've got to give it back out. We've got to keep going. Because we're right there. It's time to possess what God has for us. It's time to possess what God has for us tonight. Thank you. Amen. It's time to possess. While she was preaching, I had never thought about it at that moment until she said it. The children of Israel refused to take it. Moses got to see it. But Joshua and Caleb possessed it. Children of Israel just, they decided they weren't going to do it. Every person over the age of 20 died in the wilderness. Moses, lack of a better word, let the people discourage him. He saw it but could not possess it. But Joshua and Caleb possessed the promise. Great word tonight. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.